Today I want to talk to you about a message I've entitled, Leaders Lead. I know, it's funny. A leader will constantly find lessons in every situation. Uh, he will learn from them himself, but he will teach others around them through the situation. And a perfect picture of a leader, I believe, is Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why it's so important to ask questions and to gain knowledge that we don't have and go after things that God has called us for and get equipped. Jesus was this type of leader. He was an exceptional leader. He was an awesome leader. Amen? He always had a mind and a heart to lead others. This has to do with, with the fact that Jesus actually had a vision. He wasn't just leading just to lead. He had a vision for the future. Because without vision, people perish. The people perish and so does the leader. They don't necessarily die, but it just becomes stuck. Do you understand what I'm saying? So Jesus had a vision and his vision was to do the father's will. It was for for Jesus to preach the gospel, for Jesus to be seen, for for the kingdom to come, because the father's will was for people to accept Jesus Christ. And it hasn't changed to believe in Jesus Christ, for Jesus to be seen, for people to believe in Jesus Christ. And Jesus had this vision. All the gifts, the talents, the callings, the worship, the ministries, the kingdom, the grace, the love, the power, all have to do with the Father's ultimate will. And that's for all to see Jesus and believe in him. Amen? He's, he's, he desires, he has a passion for the person that we pass by sometimes. And don't say anything. He desires for that person to be saved his desire is for those around us everyone around us to see jesus to believe jesus all have one goal all of these callings ministries gifts all have one goal to make jesus famous to make him known to make him visible however you want to say it so much so that one day heaven will force everyone to see jesus and the Bible says that every knee will bow, every knee, every knee will bow, and every tongue, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Not, it doesn't say the Father, although he is, and it doesn't say the Holy Spirit, although he is. It says every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And everyone, everyone that has ever existed will bow their knee and say, Jesus Christ is Lord. The thing that God wants is that he wants them to do it when they're alive here on earth. And he wants to do it through us. And that's why Jesus was a good leader, because he had visions. Jesus leads with this vision. Everything has to do with this vision. He's, he's, this is a, in a nice way. He's stubborn about his vision. No one can persuade him out of it. Lord, are you hungry? No, I'm full because I'm doing the Father's will. Nothing. Uh, 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 Lazarus, Lord, he's, he's, he's gone. Yeah, yeah. 
the Father will be glorified. No one can persuade him away from the vision. He's stubborn in the vision. Not in division, in the vision. Stubborn, but in a good way. Jesus leads his disciples this way. Can we, can we think, are you with me, guys? Amen? Can we just think about his disciples for a second? Can we think about who they were just for, for a moment? Let's think about it. Okay, let's just get rid of the obvious, right? Judas. Judas is stealing. You know, he kind of believes in the Lord. He kind of doesn't. Right? And then there's Thomas, who, who, who's there. He's committed. He's very committed. But he doubts Jesus Christ very often. In crucial moments, mind you. Then you have Peter. Okay? Peter is the most vocal, most abrasive disciple of Jesus Christ. I don't know for, about you, but I could say, you know, I, John, I, I relate to John so much. Now, honestly, I, I relate to Peter so much. Because Peter is just so vocal. He's, he's a natural leader, but, but he says things sometimes that are just like, why did you say that? Right? And you're just like, he just talks with no filter. And, and what he's feeling, he says. But I, I think that that's a perfect picture. And I want us to see today how Jesus leads Peter. In every situation, in every moment that he has, how Jesus actually treats Peter. I want to tell you about two occasions where Peter actually looked really good. And you may know these uh, um, so Jesus is with all of his disciples. At this time, there's 12 and then there's 70 and there's like a bunch of disciples. And Jesus stands before them and he says, hey, guys, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood if you want to have part with me. And all of the 70 are like, huh? Eat your flesh? Drink your blood? This is this is pagan. This is what the sinners do. The pagans do this. Bye, we're out. And they leave. The whole church leaves in one sermon. Lord, help me. The whole church just takes off in one sermon. And he turns to his leaders, his 12 disciples. He turns to them and he says, do you guys want to leave too? And Peter, again, Peter, the, the vocal Peter says, no, Lord. Where will we go? For you have the words of life. Amen? Where will we go, Lord? You have the words of life. Well, that was a good moment for Peter. I was like, whoa, Peter, he's, uh, he's doing pretty good right now. I like this Peter. On another occasion, there's a, a multitude of people following Jesus. And... He takes his disciples again to the side and gets them away from the multitude. And Jesus asks him a very direct question. Who do you say that I am? And well, you know, Lord, people say that you're a prophet. You're, you know, people say that you're Elijah has returned. I don't know. Maybe you're Elijah, John the Baptist again, reincarnated. I don't know. And, and, then, and then the Lord says, no, no. Who do you, you say that I am? Not the people. Who do you say that I am? 
And Peter stands up again. Lord, you are the Messiah, the Son of God. Woo! Praise God. And Jesus responds, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. We're doing good so far, Peter. We're doing really good. And you know, a good leader will, will praise that. He will celebrate that with you. But then Peter has some other moments that we need to talk about. And I think from those moments we can learn a lot from. Amen? All right, let's go to, uh, let's go to the book of Matthew. Matthew 26. Let me know when you're there. Amen? All right. Before we read, I want to tell you, we're about to go into a journey, Peter's journey, that most of us know. We, we've read it. Uh, maybe if you grow up in church, you've heard it. Maybe you've seen the movie, uh, you know, of Jesus. And you've seen some of these things. But I, I think, first of all, we need to understand that Jesus was not like a, a passive-aggressive leader. He, wasn't, he just didn't let things pass or he wasn't super aggressive when he, you know, boiled over. He was very firm and very uh, in the moment with you. There was times where he didn't say anything to his disciples. He let them kind of move, even if they were going in the wrong direction a little bit, just because he knew there was going to be a moment. And sometimes as a leader, you got to see those moments. You have to discern those moments. And God does the same thing with us. When we're living in a season or we're living in a, in a, in a moment, he, he says the right thing at, at the right time. Does that, does that make sense? So, for example, for Judas, he never said anything until towards the end. But for Peter, because Peter was so abrasive, so emotional, he would say things right in that moment. Because he would address Peter's soul right in that moment. The problem with Judas was that he hid most of his stuff. He didn't open up to his teacher. Peter did. Peter opened up. Uh, not in the right way, but he nonetheless. All right, let's go to verse 33. We're just going to read 33 uh, through 35 for now. And we're going to see the lessons that the Holy Spirit wants to teach us today, okay? It says, Peter declared, even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert, desert you. Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night, before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter insisted. Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. And all the other disciples vowed the same. Wow. Now, this is why relationship is really important because Jesus knows his people. Amen? He knows his disciples. So Peter says, I will die Basically, I will die for you. I will die with you. Jesus says, you will desert me. Jesus is actually confronting Peter with himself. And God is just like that. He will confront us with our true selves. Why is it important for God to confront us with our true self? Because he wants to work in us. 
And what we do is we put this mirror in front of God, thinking that he doesn't know us. And we do it with others as well. But a good leader will confront us with ourselves so that we can look deep inside to who we truly are. Because true change happens when we see our full selves, even if some parts aren't good. Do you understand? But he doesn't deny us. Peter is being emotional. There's no foundation here. You can tell. What is he saying? Peter doesn't understand who Jesus is and what Jesus has to do. And he's been telling him for three years. And he doesn't know yet who Jesus is. He doesn't know Jesus' function, his calling. Peter is actually scared. That's what Peter is saying right there, that he is actually coming from a place of fear. Do you see that? And not of faith. This is false courage, false faith. Yes, Lord, I'll I'll do whatever it takes, but you don't mean that. So it's better to be honest and sincere, amen? Peter knows that Jesus is right. But he denies himself of the truth. And we cannot allow anything in life to, to allow us to deny the truth. Because we are liberated by truth. The truth sets us free. It is good to know truth. Jesus Christ. A good leader will confront you with you. A good healthy leader can see things in you that you may not see in yourself. Good and bad. Jesus tells him the truth of his heart. So that he can see himself in the situation and truly come to his senses. But he doesn't. A good leader knows his, his people in spirit. Not necessarily personally every detail, but in spirit. And Jesus knows here. God speaks to the leader about the truth of others around him. We as leaders, me, may ignore it sometimes. Well, I may ignore that I need to say something to someone because it might confront them with themselves. And that's a That's a tough task. But God, God wants to speak. And so he he confronts us with himself. This is the lesson here. Be honest. If you're scared, say it. If you feel discouraged, say it. If you feel inadequate, tell God. And he'll give you the courage. What would it have been like if Peter would have said, Lord, I'm scared. I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to die. And I don't want to die either, Lord. What if Peter would have said that to Jesus? Jesus would have responded differently. Amen? He would have said, Peter, be brave. Be courageous. Peter, I'm with you. Peter, I'll be gone for a time only. I'll be right back. But he didn't. He didn't address his true self. Matthew 26, verse 51 The next lesson, and there's two in this one. Matthew 26, 51. But one of the men with Jesus pulled out his sword and struck the high priest's slave, slashing off his ear. Put away your sword, Jesus told him. Those who use the sword will die by the sword. Amen? 
A good leader confronts behavior that's not healthy. Because that wasn't healthy for Peter to try to murder someone. Do you agree with that? Amen. He pulled out his sword and he didn't go for the neck. He went for the top of the head. He went for the kill shot. Right to the brain. And the guy moved. That guy was fast. Or maybe Peter was slow. I don't know. We'll, we'll know in heaven, I guess. Peter pulls out the sword, goes for the top of the head. The guy moves, ear cut off. And Jesus immediately, wow, what leadership, immediately says, Peter, if you live like that, you're going to die like that. How? Reactive, angry, emotional. You're not, you're not thinking before you say something, before you act. You're just reacting in fear and anger. He's teaching Peter. You don't think Peter remembered this in the end of his days? You don't think Peter thought about these situations for a long time? Like, wow, Jesus taught me in the moment. I almost killed someone. There's two lessons here because then Jesus grabs the ear of the person, you know the story, and puts it back on him. Jesus is saying you can't lead with anger and, and emotions. You got to lead with compassion. These are people that are going to kill Jesus, and Jesus is healing them. A good leader confronts behavior, but he shows you how to do it. He just doesn't talk about it. Peter went for the top of the head, y'all. I just want to repeat that. He went for the kill. And Jesus, in the moment, put away that. What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Put away the sword. Where'd you get the sword from, anyway? You've been, you've been carrying a sword. It's like, it's like now if, if they came for one of your friends and you pulled out the the cuete, and shot someone. That's how shocking it would be. No, but I'm American, and I protect myself in my own home. <laughs> Just kidding, guys. <laughs> Jesus is telling Peter in so many ways, be responsible. Be responsive. Think before you act. Are you making things worse or better? Peter made things a little bit worse. The lesson here, one, don't live by your emotions. They may be good indicators, but they're not good leaders. To be led by compassion is the second lesson, even when you don't want to. Man, be led by compassion, forgiveness. I mean, the gospel, <laughs> even when you don't want to. And I believe Peter, at this moment, is approaching a place where a lot of us encounter God the most. And that's a place where we come to the end of ourselves. Peter is approaching this place. Why, why is it important for us to come to the end of ourselves? It is our most honest, sincere, vulnerable place when we can truly tell God exactly how we feel. I've been at that place. I know by experience, Lord, I've said these words, Lord, I don't trust you. 
Lord, are you even real? Is this Christian thing real, God? Because what is it? But that place is the place where God can work the most because it is an honest place. But we do the opposite through our lives. We hallelujah our way through and we don't really mean it. Let's go to John 18. The book of John, the gospel. John 18, verse 25. I want to read you sort of the the journey of Peter coming to the end of himself. Uh, John 18, verse 25. Are you there? Amen. Meanwhile, as Simon Peter was standing by the fire warming himself, they asked him again, You're not one of his disciples, are you? He denied it, saying, No, I am not. This is the second time he denies him. But one of the household slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off. Is this God? Didn't I see you out there in the olive grove with Jesus when you cut my cousin's ear off? Again, Peter denied it and immediately a rooster crowed. In in other uh, gospels, it says he cursed at this person. He was so angry and so defensive, Peter. He cursed them out. This guy's the relative of the guy he cut his ear off that went for the the chop this is the relative and he's like i don't know any jesus again peter is approaching this place where we will see the leadership of jesus he has to confront his own stuff but god is going to meet him there amen Let's go to John 21 now, as we keep teaching here. Love it. John 21. This is a, I've I've preached on this passage before, but it doesn't hurt to revisit because there's some good things here. Are you there? Verse 3, John 21, 3. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. I'm done with this ministry stuff. (laughs) And then the other guys, we'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the beach. But the disciples, disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellows. I love how this version says it. Have you caught any fish? No, they replied, because we're doing it with our own strength. I just added that. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of, of the boat, and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there was so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, 
for he had stripped for work, jumped into the water and headed to shore. The others stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to the shore, for they were only about 100 yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to the shore. There were 153 fish, and yet the net hadn't torn. Now come and have some breakfast, Jesus said. Listen to this. None of the disciples dared to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. Amen? A good leader like Jesus never gives up on you. Even when you give up on yourself. Never gives up on you. Jesus appears at the shore. Peter has gone back to do what he used to do, what was comfortable. Jesus is dead, he thinks. He's not coming back. He promised we would change the world. I don't think it's going to work out. I'm going to go back because Judas took all the money, and we need to make some funds. I'm going to go back to what works, what I know works, a comfortable place, back to that place. Jesus appears at the shore. He has not given up on his disciples, particularly Peter, because he addresses Peter after this. Jesus has not given up on Peter. He won't give up on you. Even when you give up on yourself, he, has, he makes breakfast for them. This is like a sign of, of love and nurture and care. He cares. You think he still remembers that Peter denied him? You think he's, he's uh, holding on to the fact that Peter denied him? Jesus has forgotten and forgiven. Peter doesn't, I mean, Jesus doesn't care what Peter did. He doesn't care what Peter did before. That was all to teach him and to grow him and to take him through the process. Jesus doesn't care what you've done in the past. He wants to meet you at the place you are today. Amen. So don't give up on yourself and don't give up on others. Jesus sees who Peter really is. And Peter rushes to his side. If you have ever given up on yourself, Jesus, the picture of a good leader, will never, ever give up on you. A good leader sees your potential and your flaws and chooses to empower your potential while growing your character. I need to repeat that. A good leader sees your potential and your flaws. Jesus didn't ignore Peter's flaws. He just decided to empower his potential and grow his character. 
Let's keep reading. Amen. Verse 15. After breakfast, nice and full, pancakes and all that. Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? (laughs) Oh, man. Do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. The guy that denied him uh, two nights ago. Yes, Lord, you know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus repeated the question. Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord, Peter said. You know I love you. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. How many times did Peter deny Jesus? Can you say it louder? He asked Peter three times, Peter, do you love me? Because he wanted to show him that Peter denying him didn't mean that he didn't love him. It was a mistake. It was a moment. But Jesus wasn't challenging. He wasn't asking him to make him feel bad. He was challenging him. Peter, do you love me? I want you to think through this. I want you to really tell me from your heart and soul, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. I know you do. That's why I'm, I'm giving you my sheep to feed and to take care of. Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. You know that I love you, Lord. You know everything, Jesus said then. Feed my sheep. A good leader challenges you to step into your destiny. Jesus was challenging Peter. Step into your destiny. I've called you. I called you for the work of ministry. I've called you to do something to change the world, to impact the people around you. Right now you're feeling down. Right now you went back to fishing. Right now you're feeling like you're feeling because you think you denied me, and that's what I see you as. But Peter, do you love me? And step into your destiny, Peter. A good leader challenges you to step into your destiny. Jesus asked Peter this tough question, do you love me? He asked this question not to make Peter feel bad. No, that's not who God is. You got to know the character in the heart of God. He didn't do that to make Peter feel bad. He did it to challenge him. Peter went from, listen to this, Peter went from dying for Jesus to killing for Jesus to denying Jesus to giving up on Jesus and in turn giving up on himself. And in that place, Jesus meets him. Isn't our God good? Isn't our God good that in that place, God meets him? So this leader is asking him this to bring him out of potential. It's good that we have potential, but Jesus wants to bring us out of potential into destiny. Into calling. Now Peter will go from saying I love you to leading, to feeding 
his sheep, to spreading the kingdom, changing the world, preaching to Gentiles first. People forget that. It was him first, to truly living for Jesus and then truly dying for him, not just saying it. Step into your destiny as Jesus and those around you and call people around you into destiny. Don't let people sit still. Call them into their destiny. A good leader will empower you, encourage your calling while correcting and and, and growing your character into destiny. Maybe you are in one of those positions Peter was in. Maybe emotions get a hold of you. Maybe anger gets a hold of you. Maybe you're even at a place where you've given up on him and even on yourself. God wants to call you out of that place today. He wants to call you out of potential and into destiny. Jesus is here right now, and he's speaking to every single one of us, calling us out of potential into destiny. He wants to use you greatly. He tells him in verse 18, I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. And Peter followed. And Peter did end up dying for Jesus. He glorified Jesus by dying for him. Truly, not just saying it abrasively and emotionally. And that's how a a leader leads. And all of you have been called to lead something. Something. A family. At work. Your friends. Something. And God is calling you today to be like Jesus. And then let Jesus lead you the way he led Peter. Amen? All right, let's get on our feet. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to the Grace and Love podcast. We hope you were blessed by this message. If you have a prayer request, we would love to hear from you. Please feel free to contact us. And if you're in the LA area, we would love to meet you. We have services Sundays at 2 p.m. and Fridays at 8 p.m. We are located at 1900 Medford Street, Montebello, California, 90640. Thanks again, and God bless you.